Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. Good to see all of you here today. It's great to be worshiping with you and celebrating Christmas here at Quest Church. If we haven't met, my name is Sherwood. I'm part of the ministry team here, and in just a minute, we're going to fill this room with a bunch of lighted candles and sing some Christmas carols as we reflect on the birth of Jesus. But until then, I wanted to share a couple of verses with you as we remember the promise, really, in the Old Testament of the birth of Jesus. Many prophets in the Old Testament shared about Jesus' birth, uh, from Isaiah to Daniel to, to many others, 800 years, in fact, before the birth of Jesus. These prophecies were foretold, and, and here at the church, uh, we've been focusing in on this theme of joy. So how about we try something? Can we be even a little bit louder than the kids in saying joy? We'll do it on the count of three. One, two, three. Joy! joy. Oh, look at that. You've got it down. There's so much joy, right? And uh, it really is one of the themes of Christmas, as well as what we've been focusing in on here at Quest Church over uh, the Christmas season. In fact, last week we focused in on the promise of joy, where we looked at Isaiah's prophecy in, in chapter 9, talking about how unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And these are all titles given to Jesus to tell us who he is and what he has come to do. And then this morning, we focused in on the presence of joy in the birth of Jesus recorded in the Gospel of Luke. But I wanted to read for, for us, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there to uh, Matthew chapter 1. And I wanted to read in Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus and just make mention of a couple of things regarding his birth and his promise and his joy. In fact, tonight we're focusing in on Jesus's joy. I know a lot of us, the kids here in the room, they're excited about tomorrow, maybe even leaving tonight and going home and seeing what uh, might be in the stocking. I'm not sure. But the kids that we have in our homes have so much joy and anticipation and excitement for Christmas. I know our family does. And yet, you might not think that Jesus also has joy. He has joy over you. And in fact, we'll close with a very powerful, important verse speaking of the joy of Jesus. But before we do, I wanted to read, beginning in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, the account of Jesus' birth. In verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man... And not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, the previous verses describe for us the ancestry of Jesus. 
And it shows us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. Because Jesus comes in the lineage of David, which shows us his royal right to be the Messiah. He also comes in the covenantal line of Abraham, which shows us that he fulfills the covenant promises in the Old Testament as well. But then we're also told that he has the biological right because he clothed himself with humanity to understand our weaknesses and uh, live a life that we live as well and be the perfect substitute for our sins. And so we see here that Joseph is being told by the angel of the birth of Jesus. And in verse 21 it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Everyone say save. Save. So, oh, that's very good. That's very studious of you. Nice and loud. And that really is the mission of Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself said, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. In Luke's account, we're told that this birth of Jesus brings great new, good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this theme and idea of a Savior really is the point and the purpose of Jesus' coming. In fact, from the very beginning of creation, even in the book of Revelation, we're told that Jesus was slain from the foundations of the world, meaning that the salvation was always the ultimate plot line of the Bible. And it's woven throughout the Old Testament prophecies as well as the New Testament Gospels and on even into the epistles. And the name Jesus was a very common name during this time. It simply meant Jehovah God is salvation. And so we're told that Jesus here, in fact the the angel tells Joseph and all of us looking in on this story now, that Jesus has been dispatched on a rescue mission. And to save somebody, this word means to rescue from destruction, to deliver, to preserve one who is in danger. And when you look at the rest of the scriptures, we are told that the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages or the penalty of sin is death. However, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that really is one of the main things of Christmas is giving gifts to one another. And the greatest gift that God has ever given you and I is the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. The one who would forgive us and cleanse us and wash us of our sins. And that tells us that there is a problem. If Jesus has come to rescue and deliver people from sin, tells us that the problem lies in our own heart. And yet, God has devised a plan and a purpose to solve that problem in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and even from the presence of sin. He will save His people from their sins. So, really, the point of the Christmas cradle is the cross of Calvary. When we look into the manger scene and see the innocent baby, we are ultimately pointed to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and the love that was demonstrated for us. You see, God not only said he loved you and I in the greatest, one of the greatest verses in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Not only did God 
say he loved you and I, but he demonstrated that love for us on the cross. That even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That he has extended that grace and that love and that mercy to us. And it's packaged in this peaceful presence of Jesus. So we're told about Jesus' mission to rescue and save us from sin. We're also told a couple of other things. In verse 22 it says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I mentioned this in our first service or our services this morning here at the church um, about how the most repeated command in all of the Bible is to do not fear. Over and over again, you read in the Bible, do not fear. In fact, that's one of the things that the angels told the shepherds when they surprised them on that still starry night. Do not fear. So God knows that we are prone in our hearts and in our lives to experience fear and worry and frustration and anxiety and even doubt. So God has said, do not fear. But the most repeated promise in all of the Bible is I am with you. You see, God is not a distant force looking on from afar. He is a personal, loving, intimate, relational God who desires to be connected with you and I. And he has made uh, that first step towards us in sending his son. That there is no distance too far that God will not travel to sit down with you, to meet with you, to show you his love. This really is the greatest gift of all. And so we see that there is a fulfillment. So all this was done, as I mentioned, salvation was always the ultimate plot line of the Bible. In fact, there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament dealing with the life and the birth and the ministry and the sacrifice of Jesus. And he's fulfilling all of these. In fact, every single event in the life of Jesus was orchestrated in order to fulfill his purpose and his plan. And so we see that Jesus is the person to offer eternal salvation. Secondly, we see that Jesus is the promised one of historical prophecies in the Old Testament. And then lastly, which is such great comfort, we're going to see that Jesus is the physical presence of God here with us. Behold, he says, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and you'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph being, verse 24, aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till he had brought forth the, uh, her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Here is the promise of God to you and I, that he is with us. And we could be in a room this size with so many people sitting right next to us, but sometimes, you might know, in life we feel like we're alone. You know, the shepherds in the story of Jesus' birth were very similar to those types of outcasts, the people who were outsiders, those whose society pushed to the side, those who were overlooked. And Christmas time is a great reminder that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what experiences that you've had, no matter the bad, the good, and the ugly that comes with life, God still loves you, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born in a manger, to live a sinless life, to die a sinner's death for you and I, so that we could be reconciled and rescued and redeemed. 
There's one final verse that I wanted to read to you, and it really speaks of this joy that is embodied in the life of Jesus. And it's in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says that we should, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, let us run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know if you associate the emotion of joy with Jesus, but you really can't help but see that joy throughout his life and his ministry when he interacted with people. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus was acquainted with many of the emotions that we experience. He was acquainted with grief and of sorrow. And maybe this past year, you've experienced the flood of those emotions in some of the experiences that you've had. But Jesus here, described in this verse in Hebrews, tells us that there was a joy that Jesus held on to in the face of the cross. Now, the cross isn't anything joyful. The cross speaks of pain. It speaks of suffering. It speaks of agony. But the cross, while it was used as an instrument of excruciating pain, for us today is a picture of extravagant love. Extravagant love for you and I. And that joy, dear friends, is to see you and I reconciled and redeemed. That joy in the face of the suffering and the sacrifice of the cross is to rescue us and redeem us and to bring us back into right relationship with him to defeat sin once and for all so that we could have new life in him that really is the joy of Jesus and the joy of Christmas so we're going to have our our worship team come on back up and going to lead us in some closing songs but I, I wanted us to consider some of the things we talked about tonight And one is the person of Jesus to offer salvation. And let me encourage you just in the quietness of your own heart as it's going to get really still and really quiet. And as we light the candles and we see the light, you know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He or she who follows me will never walk in darkness. And Jesus is faithful to lead you and to guide you. And you might be facing some uncertainty in the year to come. You might be facing some decisions and challenges that you need the wisdom and the guidance of God. As you sing these carols and you hold that candle, give those cares and those worries and those burdens to God. Jesus will pick up our burdens the moment we lay them down to him. The second thing is that if you feel alone, then God promises his presence to be with you, that he loves you and that he's for you, and that his promises are sure and are true, and that he has traveled great distances to be with us. You know, at Bethlehem, during this Christmas story and season, at Bethlehem, Jesus became God with us. It's the Emmanuel, God with us, in the manger scene in Bethlehem. But on Calvary, the cross of Calvary, the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus became God for us. And he's for you, and he's with you, and he loves you. And I encourage all of us, as we're going to go back to our homes, and we're going to open up presents and gifts, and maybe if you have young kids, they're going to tear into that 
wrapping paper and they're going to play with the wrapping paper more than they play with the gift that you give them. Or they're going to open up that gift and move on to the next gift and play with it for a little bit and move on to the next. Let me encourage you to not get caught up in the external wrapping of Christmas or to play with Jesus a little bit and move on to the next thing, but to make Jesus and the gift of Jesus and the joy of Jesus and the hope of Jesus the greatest gift that you focus in on in your life, in your home, in your marriage, and with your kids this Christmas. So we're going to pray. Let's do that. Let's pray, and then we'll light our candles and sing our closing carols. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this hope. We thank you for the promise of your son, Jesus. And I pray for anybody in this room right now or those who are watching online. I pray, God, that you would remind them of your love and that you're with them. Lord Jesus, you say that you draw near to the brokenhearted and save such as of a contrite spirit. And sometimes our face hides the true condition of our heart. And yet, Lord, you don't look at the outward appearance. You look at the heart and you see. And I pray for any of these precious people who are here before you tonight with maybe a lot of worries and weights on their shoulders. I know as a daddy and a mommy, there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of concern that are upon our shoulders. And I thank you, Lord, that your shoulders are strong enough to carry those burdens. That you say, if we are weary and heavy burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. May, may we experience that rest and that peace. And we thank you for the Christmas cradle, but we also thank you for the cross. And if you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, the one who we have declared and have seen in the Christmas story tonight, let me encourage you in the quietness of your own heart, talk to him right now and say, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for coming near and picking me up out of the miry pit that I found myself in and filling me with your Holy Spirit. God, I want to serve you and love you and walk with you. I want to be born again. I want to experience the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Thank you that I can have your peace and your joy in the midst of whatever circumstance I am facing because you are with me. Thank you for that hope. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.